1: On air Tuesday and Thursday last week, as usual, uh, everything you could want in the show—perfect dialogue, amazing guests. Uh, just it's, we keep getting better and better every episode. The show keeps evolving. Uh, we're listening to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or any 24/7 breaking news coverage, visit my website, thenextnexgenusa.com. Gen, as usual. You know, it's a huge, huge week in the news. This might be one of the busiest shows I've ever done. Uh, As you can see, the headlines are just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Just pile up after pile up of news stories. But guys, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I hope it went accordingly. I hope it was everything it was supposed to be. Um, You know, this whole corona thing is driving everybody. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, we are living in a time, wow, 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 guys. I mean, you have people thinking their lives are going to end. I mean, I, I mean, just the hysteria from the media and, and all this nonsense. Um, I want to uh, let everybody know, and uh, I talked about this last week, uh, but this is huge, huge news, and this is one of the biggest big announcements I wanted to uh, make you guys aware of, uh, Salem Radio, uh, everybody knows Salem Radio, a very popular station all across the country, has has picked up my show, AM Radio. Uh, everybody knows. You can listen to it in the car. You can listen to it anywhere. I mean, it, it's all over, and, you know, so starting in April, I will be um, doing my first show at, at that network. Uh, I, as everybody knows, I left KFNX a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, just I wanted more opportunity. I wanted bigger opportunity, and Salem is a... Much bigger, much more known, recognizable um, platform. I mean, you got people like Larry Elder on there. You got people like Hugh Hewitt. You got people like uh, Sebastian Gorka. Uh, Even Sean Hannity, I'm pretty sure, does a show on Salem. Um, So you guys, I'm in. I'm dealing with some of the most highest prolific uh, stars and. you know, it, it's surreal. I mean, this is this is a huge honor and a hu- what a blessing, what a blessing and what the greatest gift you could ever give me. Because as everybody knows, I mean, radio has become part of who I am. It's become my livelihood. It's become my passion. It's become my my motivation. I mean, I I love what I do and and I don't consider this work. I you know I consider this a a, a talent that I was born with that uh, eventually I discovered. You know, like I like I always say on the show, I picked up the mic one day over two years ago. And here I am, another week of the Rory Sauter Show episode, 248. You know, um, I look at other podcasts, and I would say majority, probably 80% of those people don't even get anywhere near uh, that kind of episode number. So, um, and I'm, you know, not trying to brag, I'm just really proud of myself, and I'm proud of everything we've all done together, because uh, all your voices, you know, my guests, the the sponsors, the audience—you guys are such a, uh, a a huge factor and such a huge, you know, um, help and, and 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 support. I mean, the, the support, the support. You couldn't even write something so great. You know, 25 countries, 70 online platforms. I never thought in a million years I'd be, you know, here right now. And uh, let me remind you guys. And I never, you know, growing up for me, I, I never thought I would be in radio. I never thought. You know, I, I was successful in technology, still am. Everybody knows I build apps, and we're doing very well. And I also get involved with real estate and other various investments. But, you know, uh, I, I'll give this advice to anybody listening right now. If you're good at something, pursue it. doesn't matter how successful you already are. If you know you, ha- you can tap into that niche, if you know that you can, you know, ha- it, it, it's just it, – I mean, guys, I – um. And I love, I love it just with how the podcast industry has created all these opportunities for all these different people. You know, all these people can speak their voices now, and it's, it's marvelous. It's marvelous to watch. Okay, um, so coming up this week, um, a lot of guests coming on the show. Tonight we'll be having U.S. congressional candidate from California, Buzz Patterson, uh, U.S. congressional candidate from Massachusetts, John Paul Moran, as well as U.S. congressional candidate from Nevada, Leo Dunson. Uh, popular talk show host Martin Bruce will be joining us. I believe we have with us right now retired police chief and homicide detective Michael Valsey. Michael, how are you?
2: Good, hey, Roy. Thanks for having me tonight. Congratulations on moving over to Salem Radio. That's that's just huge. Uh, that'll be a wonderful addition for you and draw a lot more attention from a lot more viewers or listeners, I should say. Because that's a nationally known operation over there, and people can listen to it on XM radio. They can get it in their cars. They can listen to it everywhere. So, I'm happy for you and uh, congratulations again. And thanks for having me tonight.
1: Absolutely, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Um, I want to welcome. I believe we have with us the <clears throat> the great Todd McKinley, who's running for. Uh, congress in tennessee he's also had a huge career at the white house he's tired army paratrooper uh you know very impressive very impressive guy how you doing buddy welcome back
3: oh very very good rory yeah yeah looking to run for a state rep instead of congress this go around uh you know we've we, a lot of a lot of things we could get done as a freshman legislator in nashville versus trying to go to up to to washington dc and get some stuff done Uh, One thing I'd like to touch on is real quick is an article written by a friend of mine named David Sale. He's a guest columnist with The Tennessean. It deals with uh, civil asset forfeiture in Tennessee. Uh, I'm not sure if any of your listeners are familiar with it, but I'm sure that they are. Uh, Civil asset forfeiture allows police to basically seize money, property, and, and many other things without actually having to charge you with a crime or to basically find you guilty in a court of law. Uh, in Tennessee, if you're going westbound on Interstate 40, and everybody who you know knows the U- U.S. Uh, interstate system knows I-40 runs all the way across the uh, to the western United States, actually out to Arizona and I think even to California. But if you're on the westbound going in Tennessee, you're 10 times more likely to be stopped uh, if you're a motorist than you are going eastbound. Um, you know something something to think about for for folks that are out there that are that do cash business. And I know a lot of folks who've gotten rolled up. And, and lost a lot of money and, and that that basically deal with cars and old cars and things like that hey, they've lost money uh, you know tens of thousands of dollars uh, just sim- simply because they have a cash business uh, and of course they have to try to figure out how to prove that they're innocent and, and not uh, um, dealing with drugs or things of that nature uh, so civil asset forfeiture is something that's very big in the state that needs to be uh, reformed and, and or done away with completely I believe um, you shouldn't have to uh uh, approve that you're innocent. You know we're innocent to proven guilty in this country, and of course this flies in, in, in the face of many constitutional amendments. And uh, in, in, in a state that has a uh, Republican majority, supermajority, and has for a number of decades now, uh, this shouldn't be something that we even have to talk about right now. But it's something that's still on the books. Uh, we, we've got to figure out a way to get rid of it, and that's one thing I would focus on. in, in Nashville, uh, another thing is, you know, I like the fact you got Colonel Patterson on on, on the show. Uh, he endorsed me in 2018 in my congressional run, and I, you know, I wholeheartedly endorse him and his run in California. Uh, we need folks like him and uh, you know Aaron Cruz and Atchus Smith down in California as well. Uh, you got to get folks like that in there. And I think if, if, if people really pay attention to what these folks are about, look at their platforms, I think that they would actually give them a, give them a shot and, and, and realize these are people that have fought, have fought for you, people that are on your side, and, and, and by and large uh, agree with the things that people in California agree with, and could really make that state golden again, if I could borrow a phrase from a friend of mine, Aaron Cruz. Um, but, you know, I really appreciate you having folks like that on here. Uh, you know, get that voice out there. Get get their platform out there. Let people know who who they are and what they're all about. And I'm glad that they, you know, are on, on the ballot come November. And then I appreciate you having me on the show.
1: Absolutely, 100%, Todd. Always a pleasure when you join us. We love your insight. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, I also would like to welcome to the show, I believe he's with us, we have U.S. congressional candidate from Arizona, Josh Barnett. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's
4: up, Roy? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. What's new? What's so, going well, on What's well, the well, latest?
4: It's a crazy, uh, crazy few days, huh? So, you know, we... Uh, oh, I'll tell you. Yeah, uh, you're telling me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm glad, you know, as a business owner here, I'm glad to see that Governor Ducey is not just shutting everything down like Ohio or some of these other states, you know, um, I think that's – honestly, I think that's probably a very irresponsible thing to do economically for your state, for the country. But um, especially in a state like Arizona where there's been no deaths related to the coronavirus, um, you know, if there was a significant amount or, you know, a a large number, I would think completely differently, obviously. But, you know, with zero deaths here in Arizona, we're very fortunate and lucky, and hopefully that that continues. But uh, I do not believe that we need to be shutting down businesses to this – I guess scary you can say.
1: No, I I hear you. I hear you. A lot of this right now, and we know this. I mean, I'm not I'm not gonna, you know, say that uh, it's not a problem at all the corona thing, but it's definitely being blown way out of proportion. Way too much hysteria. Way too much dramatic, unnecessary bullshit. Especially with the media, they're putting fear tactics in all these people to the point where toilet paper is getting sold out. I mean, this is what we've come to. People getting in fist fights in the walmart aisle over toilet paper
4: it's it's crazy you know this this, like i
1: said um uh, social media this reaffirms
4: my my support for the second amendment with exactly what's going on right now uh you know it's uh the scare tactics being used in, in correlation to the number of deaths in the country which i still believe is under 100 total for the entire country um obviously i don't want anyone to die you know i mean none of us want that but um, in comparison to past things like H one N one, which killed what eighteen thousand people and eighteen hundred children died from that, and we never saw anything remotely close to this kind of thing shutting entire cities or New York and and all this crazy stuff going on. I, I just it, it's really mind blowing what I'm seeing right now in comparison to the numbers.
1: Absolutely, no, you're one hundred percent right. Absolutely, it's it's a crazy, crazy time. But Josh. Glad you could join us. We're definitely going to make that our uh, main subject matter tonight. I'm going to get into some of the small stuff, and then we're going to obviously, uh, you know, dive, dive deep into this whole corona uh, situation.
5: Thank you, Roy. I appreciate you, man.
1: Absolutely. All righty. Uh, I do have – we will be having more people calling in here shortly. I am going to get started. Um, Actually I do want to welcome the show I believe he's with us I just saw another number pop up uh, We have talk show host uh, Jim Price Jim what's up buddy
6: Good evening sir Good evening Patriots Hello America I tell you we've got, a, we got caught with our pants down Looks like the uh, mainstream media has taught us a lesson On how ill prepared we really are When we could freak out over a virus And we're all going to victimize each other And lose our minds
1: I know it's, it's crazy times, my friend. It, it, it really is crazy times. Uh, I'm really glad you could join us. I definitely want to get a lot of your thoughts on uh, the various talking points I'm about to go through. Um, but yeah, definitely stay with us. And also Jim, uh, tell everybody yep, where sir. they can find your show, do the plugs, promote yourself, all that, all that fun stuff.
6: Very good. Uh, the Jim Price show on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Uh, You can look us up on YouTube and also on iTunes, uh, the Jim Price Show. uh, We've got our podcast out there, plus the radio show uh, every Saturday evening. The uh, best place to look us up is just put in the Jim Price Show. You'll find all kinds of information, good, bad, or indifferent. I'm out there. Uh, Look us up. Support us. We've got to keep the word out and keep this lunacy pushed back, because if we don't maintain our civility, if we don't maintain our head and keep focused on the plan and what the plan really is here, we got to get through this together. Yes, it's going to be a little rough in March. It'll be a little rough in April, but we will come out so much better on the other side of this. But we have to stick together. This is the time. This is the time not to lose ourselves and victimize each other anymore. We have to be Americans and do this the right way by taking care of each other first. That's what makes America great. We can do this together.
1: Amen. Amen. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and we, we will get through this it's just it 's a minor uh, slip in the road, uh, but Jim, uh, thank you, and uh, i can 't sure. wait to get your opinions here in a little bit. Very good. Thank you all righty, everybody, as I always do everybody i 'm going to go through the small stuff, um, and then i 'm going to get to obviously the, headl- the main headline. Uh, but when I get to you on the panel, feel free to share as usual whatever your thoughts are on the, the various talking points that I, that I went through. Okay, here's where I'm going to start. And this is huge, guys. I'm jumping up and down, and I've been waiting for this moment. The Federal Reserve finally, finally is doing their job. Finally, they're taking action and doing what's right for the American people and our economy. They lowered interest rates to pretty much nothing. President Trump came out, I think it was yesterday, and praised them and said, thank you. Thank you for this. It's about time, uh, much needed, well-deserved. Well Think about it, absolutely well-deserved. We've proved ourselves over and over. Uh, people, other countries, other foreign entities have tried to undermine our economy over and over. But it's just, it, it, that's, not part, that's not part of the facts. I mean, we, we are delivering on economic gains like you've never, ever even heard of or seen. It's like it's almost, Trump, Trump is, fulfilling the impossible, you know, and I'm not a fan of the Federal Reserve. I never have been. I think they're suckers. I think they're scums. I think, uh, you know, they have they have a lot, a lot of corruption and darkness, uh, you know, behind their operation. And don't forget, don't, do not forget people that in, in recent years that have said they're going to come out and, well, not recent, obviously. There's been a few examples, but we all know JFK said he was going to come out and expose them. And not too long after they, they, they killed him. And even anybody that talks about it, you know, or, or tries to do something about it, I feel in a strong way is putting themselves in in jeopardy. I mean, you know, Trump doesn't, Trump obviously knows what he's doing when he's, when he's negotiating and having conversations with these people. I'm talking about some of the, the, the things that happened in the past where, um, You know, obviously there's way more protection now. There's way more safety for our leaders, but you know, you you couldn't say you couldn't go after the Federal Reserve back in the day unless you wanted to, you know, end up missing. So I I think, you know, and I don't want to, I don't want to go too off topic here, but I think that um, how how this is all going down, uh, I would hope, and I and I don't, I don't think this will ever happen, but I hope. One day we can get out of the Federal Reserve because it's nothing but bad news. I mean, think about what they do with other countries. They practically give them money for free. They let them borrow money without any interest. They're paying – other, like Trump said, they're paying other countries to borrow money, the, the Reserve. I mean, you, you know, guys, this is, there's corruption on every single corner with this situation. And you know what? I guess the calling them out on Twitter and calling them out in the media worked for Trump. You know, I, here's, here's my big thing about this. I think there's a lot of people in power that are terrified of Trump. You know, I, I believe once he says something, once he makes a statement, he knows, they know, they know how strongly, uh, how much it carries weight and how much merit it has. because He's not just a, a past politician that, that is just talking to talk. He means what he says. He means what he says. Um, and you know, I, I just think about how the Federal Reserve was, you know, um, originated. Think about how it was created, the people that put it together. Some of the dirtiest. I mean, this—it's sick. And, and you know, and look at the World Bank. Look how much power they have. I mean, look at look at all these different. And then you got the United Nations, which is another thing that was created by evilness. Nothing good about the United Nations. We need to get the hell out of there. But I'm not going to get too into that's off topic. But anyways, to finish this off, President Trump. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know this uh, does amazing wonders. Even I mean, the, the economy is already the best it's ever been. Period. But this just adds more frosting to the damn cake. This is beautiful. Like this is you can't you can't write something this good. Really, really good stuff right here. Um. Okay. Everybody really is going to applaud this. And I, I, I started clapping today when I read the headline because you know me, guys. I'm literally on the, on the news sites every probably every 15, 20 minutes, always updating my mind. I always want to know what's going on. I'm always, you know, uh, attentive. I always, uh, you know, want to be the first guy that, that, that reads the story. I, I don't want to be that person that finds out a news story six hours later, you know, when it's already been out there. I, I want to discover things. And right when the news came out that President Trump is strongly considering Michael Flynn, pardoning Michael Flynn, um, he's strongly considering it. He said it the other night that, you know, obviously there's a lack of evidence. uh, There's a misuse in, in, uh, you know, from opposing counsel, uh, definitely abuse of power, uh, a lot of bias. You know, various variables factor into this whole situation, which is why it would be, um, appropriate and legitimate for him to um, pursue this this pardon and you know what it's I don't even look at it I mean obviously we know their buddies Flynn and Trump but that you can't look at this as a partisan issue in my strong opinion look at Michael Flynn he was a Democrat look at look at how how he was mistreated and, and how they handled his case uh, you know it, it was pretty much all hearsay you know, there was absolutely nothing there. And look at – you know, Democrats are so quickly to say Michael Flynn is this criminal with no evidence whatsoever. They have no evidence, but they want to excuse and they want to justify and deflect on Bill Clinton's pardoning uh, all – I mean, look at all these people who feel pardoned, Obama, Chelsea Manning, uh, Bill Clinton, um, I mean, the, the, you you can – Bill Clinton, look at all the people he pardoned from Whitewater. Look at all the people he pardoned um, uh, Mark – Rich. remember Mark Rich? Uh, I, I, dude, I mean, you know, and these people are bad people. Michael Flynn is a good, genuine, class act guy. But the media – this is the, my point about the media. They are so powerful. They have so much ammo that they can go after somebody and his family and slander and, and create all these libel situations. And they don't get held accountable. And, you know, it's, it's really become um, a sick, sick game. Uh, politics, journalism, um, and, you know, this whole Michael Flynn thing. I mean, he wasn't even – how long was he in the Trump administration before they went after him? Like, nothing. He was barely involved. And, and what he did, again, along with everybody else that was indicted, had nothing to do with Trump. It's stupid. This is stupid. It's dumb. Why are we still talking about it? The media wants us to. I mean, just Trump pardon. Trump will pardon him. I mean, don't ever forget. Trump pardoned my good friend, America's toughest sheriff, Joe Arpaio. That was the first person he pardoned, and that was that was probably going to be the biggest media backlash he ever gotten. And we knew that. I mean, Joe Arpaio is probably the most second-hated man in America by the left, next to Donald Trump. The, the left thinks Joe Arpaio is, is the devil, just like Trump. That, they look at those two as pretty much the same. Go look at old articles or recent articles. You'll see the comparisons, how they compare the two. Um, and you know what? You know what I've realized? I've realized that when you try to attack these people, when you try to go after their character, uh, you just get them more popular. You know, look how many times they've tried to go after Donald Trump, and they've tried to take him down. But all that happens is he just gets more uh, credibility from supporters because the supporters, not all, but quite a few, see right through the BS. They see it what the media is doing. The same thing with Arpaio and same thing with all these people that are heroes, all these people that have defended us and, and protected, you know, America. But uh, you know, th- these these social justice warrior groups and all these liberal uh, fruitcake, uh, you know, situations. They, they, they all want to cry. You know, they they all want to be. You know the poor me game. They all want to be victims. Uh, but this whole the Michael, Michael Flynn thing is the same. I mean, it, you know, it, it's it's stupid. I mean, Chelsea Manning. Think about think about Obama partying Chelsea, Chelsea Manning, uh, and she's still she's still they put her back in there. I, I'm so happy they did. And also, look at General Petraeus. He did like nothing, like absolutely nothing, and they ruined his life. I could go on and on with examples, but I want to I want to move on to another topic right now. Um. Uh, Let's see here. So, so you know, here's something interesting. Um, you know, the Democrats and the left—they always want to complain that there's everybody's going to have to live. You know, uh, they're going to have to work two jobs to live on a pay—live on their paycheck and, and live a daily life and. And, you know, be comfortable. That's what the left and Democrats are trying to say. They're trying to say these people, the reason the unemployment, I mean, all the excuses in the book and all the victimhood in the book these people throw out there. And they sound like absolute morons. But they say, oh, my God, the unemployment level is so low because people are working two jobs to make ends meet. Uh, No, (laughs) that's not factual. That's just another one of your, you know, narratives that you like to tell all your little people that you put in boxes. You know, it's sad. Sad that some of them still haven't woken up. A lot have, but there's those few, those select few that still look at these Democrat politicians like they're heroes. And just to remind you about these, the Democrats' false claims, right as of now, you still have, this is why it's the best economy ever, you still have 11 million jobs that are vacant, that cannot be filled. And you're trying to tell me, Democrats, that people are working two jobs to make ends meet? They have 11 million jobs vacant right now. If, 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 if that was the case, Democrats, if, you're, if what you said was actually true, you wouldn't have all these vacancies in all these industries. You have people begging to give jobs away. I mean, there, there's employees coming in there, and the owners need them. You can't even believe how fast they need them. They need them right away. I mean, you know, I'm seeing people get the most bonuses and some of the, the most money they've ever gotten. Uh, You know, you can't can't make these numbers up. And um, the middle class, I mean, in terms of small business owners, you know, the Democrats also want to say that small business owners are suffering. Well, a new poll survey came out uh, by the, I believe, let me see, is it the Job Creator Network, I believe it's called? Uh, 70% of the middle class small business owners are favoring Donald Trump for re-election. That's how, that's how badly the Democratic Party has lost touch with the working class, with the, with the everyday worker, with the everyday American that has to provide for his family. I mean, that's crazy. 70% of small business owners. It's understandable, though. But, again, you know, if you had a Democrat who was someone in the middle, the number wouldn't be at 70% for Trump. There's no way. I'm sorry. I mean, if you had a, you had a Bill Clinton in there or a JFK from back in the day, you know, those numbers would be a little different but since you have somebody, all these people pushing socialism, and, you know, these cities run by liberals that uh, have shit in front of people's businesses, and trying to make it the business owner's problem, and all these, I mean, come on, you know, the, there's only so much people can take, you know, and this, to to me, uh, when it gets this out of control, um, you you can't, um, it's not really about politics anymore, the Democrats need to, find re re reestablish themselves. They need to g- re, gain back their identity. Cause you know, it's, it's a sad, sad, and I've never agreed with them. You know, I, I, I would call myself in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm not a Democrat, but I think a lot of things JFK put forward were great. I think a lot of things, um, even Joe Lieberman, I thought Joe Lieberman was one of the last great moderates we had. Um, I don't like Bill Clinton as a person, but I thought he had some good policies, but, you know, obviously, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where even people that I grew up with that are hardcore flaming Democrats cannot resonate with that party. They may not agree with everything Trump does, but they bite their tongue because it's better than dealing with Venezuela, a Venezuela environment, you know, or a, or a Greece environment, any of these places that have tried this crap. Um, But, yeah, guys, don't don't let anybody tell you, you know, and then they want to say, oh, the tax cuts are for the rich. Oh, the tax cuts, the stock market is for the rich. This is what the Democrats want to say. Well, first of all, the tax cuts allow all these wealthy – and here's another thing. Here's another thing. Democrats want to attack billionaires. They want to say billionaires are the main reason for our problems. Well, first of all, without billionaires, you would not be able to hire millions of people. Billionaires have worked for their money. That's why the American dream is so beautiful. You, you start from nothing and you capitalize. And, uh, you know, you tax the rich. You know, that's not the overall case here with the Trump tax cuts. But let's just say that has that, you know, that that was part of it. When you give that much tax leniency to a big company that hires thousands and millions of people, guess what that does? It allows them to hire more and more people. That's common sense. But when you try communism and raise the minimum wage and say that you're going to put all these restrictions on all these wealthy people, well, you're just going to have more and more people lose jobs because they're not going to, they're not going to, you know, budge with your, you know, you know how many offshore accounts, you know how many ways loopholes, these billionaires will go around these democratic policies in about two seconds. I mean, come on guys, come on. It, it, it's stupid. And then the stock market, you know, people want to say, Oh, that's only for the rich. Uh, no, it's not. You know how many people that are, not that fortunate are making good money in the stock market and they're thanking Trump. I mean, just the ignorance that's coming from the left. I mean, the, 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 the lack of substance, you know, I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of it. And, you know, we have all these people that think they're entitled for handouts, you know, all these politicians on the left. Oh, so generous with other people's money, you know, raise taxes on people that work for it. Give it to people that don't do a damn thing with their life. You know, so backwards. Um, Sorry guys, I get on these rants, man. I, I, it's just it's, it's crazy stuff. Okay, what's the next one? Oh, Andrew Gillum. Do, does anybody remember that Fruit Loop? Anybody remember that clown? That that guy in Florida? I mean, God, dude. This, he, Obama endorsed him. Uh, he was supposed to. He could have been Florida's next governor. Uh, oh God, Ron DeSantis won. Thank God. But Andrew Gillum, I always knew he was a phony, and, and we know why he had the popularity. He could speak well. You know, he had somewhat of a slick style with his voice. Uh, a lot of people compared him to Obama, white mama Obama. Um, I could I could see why, you know, uh, but totally just full of shit on policy. Uh, totally just a, in a jackass, just a pompous jackass, uh, somebody that you knew all along. Uh, wasn't who he says he was, uh, somebody that pretended, Eh, just like 90% of politicians. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these politicians never get caught in their scandals and they go through life being able to hide these things in their closets. But over the weekend, uh, everybody's, uh, you know, this is is just funny, but Andrew Gillum in a hotel uh, with a gay dude with meth, With, with, with meth, you know, And and let me remind you, this guy's married. He has children. Uh, When the cops arrived at the scene, he couldn't even speak. And nobody was arrested, even though there was a bag of crystal meth. How is nobody – well, no, I don't – well, I take that back. I don't know if he was arrested, but he he was on it. He was absolutely on crystal meth. He was partaking in it. How can you just walk home free? That's what the report said. The cops just let him go. I don't see how – and, you know – you know, just, um, it's obviously, I don't like to get into people's personal lives. It's not my business. Um, you know, it's not something that I, uh, you know, look for or or go out of my way to, you know, I'm not a, no, I I don't, I don't, I think that's just, you know, but once you make yourself a public figure, once you make yourself, you know, once you're out there, then, you know, you, you don't have a choice. You know, if, if people find out about stuff like this and, uh, if you're not careful, you know, uh, your career is over. And look, his career is over. Uh, he's done with politics, he said, entering rehab. Um, and here's what really bothers me the most out of this story. If this was a Republican, do you know how much backlash they would have? Do you know how – what it would be headline news on every channel, but since this is a Democrat and since the media enabled this guy and, and you know boosted him the entire election cycle a couple of years ago – uh, they're trying to keep as quiet as possible. You know, like usual, they'll they'll list the story once or twice just to say they did it, but they're not going to keep repeating it like they would a Trump story or a Republican story. Uh, let's see here. Um, okay, Uh, this is funny, and I think everybody's going to laugh at this, but it's also kind of wrong at the same time. A part of me respects and admires the entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial aspect of it, you know, him trying to go out there and hustle. But the other part of me says, you're being an asshole, dude, for trying to price gouge. But anyways, uh, a teenager in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, bought 17,000 cases of Perel hand sanitizer and went online, and Amazon said, you can't do this. And you know what? you see these stories and it's just like, wow. Like I, you know, I don't usually talk about anything other than politics, but you know, in these sort of situations and crises, you guys would be amazed at what people are trying to do online with selling toilet paper and selling all these, you know, supplies that grocery stores are running out of and um, you know, trying to capitalize on this. Damn. I mean, you know, just like, just when you thought you've seen it all, just when you thought, you know, people are people are selling toilet dealers. People are selling hand sanitizer. People are selling all these essentials for triple, quadruple the price. You know, Jesus, Jesus, people are suffering out there. I mean, you go out to these stores. I went to multiple stores this past weekend. Sold out at pretty much seventy five percent of the items in these grocery stores. You know, the me, the media really, uh, they're really, they're really out to. Uh, uh put fear mongering tactics on people i'll tell you um, so let's um so let yeah let let me let me bring this up this is insane so isis is now <laughs> what a dumb headline too isis is now issue, issuing travel warnings to their fellow um to their fellow combat buddies. So ISIS is telling ISIS to stay out of Europe during the whole corona thing because they don't want them to get sick or die. Well, what do radical Islamic terrorists do when they go out and attack a bunch of people? Usually they die. Uh, This whole headline kind of contradicts and kind of is confusing. I I am just like, what? And this was on Breibar today, this whole whole thing. It's like, wow. Like, you (laughs) – You've got people that are known for their beliefs of, what is it? Do they they go up to heaven and they all get about 72 virgins or something like it? I don't know what what their whole – but, you know, they're going to – their whole purpose when they carry out an attack is they they pretty much know they're going to die. That's part of the whole thing. But the whole corona thing, uh, something that is so petty and minor, uh, prevents them from traveling. I mean, it's almost like you want to have, come out with more of these things for, to keep these people away. These people are retarded. These, these people, like, spe- uh, you know, it's like a whole other universe. Like, Jesus. Um, okay, let's get into the corona thing. So this thing is out of control, guys. This corona thing, I mean, you know, and this pretty much has been the entirety uh, of the headlines this week in terms of this this subject matter. You know, you've had – Obviously, some of the things I just talked about, but mostly it's been corona-dominated through every outlet. So, you know, NBA canceled, NFL canceled, NHL canceled, Major League Baseball canceled, UFC canceled. Originally, they weren't, but then they did. Um, As far as I know, boxing is canceled, Major League Soccer canceled. And this is mind-blowing in itself the whole pretty much strip of Las Vegas is now closed. Think about how much money is being lost on. Think, like, you look at airline flights, the airplanes are halfway empty. The airplanes are half empty. You know, you, well, actually more than half empty. I'm seeing some videos, and I'm seeing all these people that are, are quarantining themselves because of the media scare. You you have people way less cars on the road, empty sidewalks. Um I you know, and and for what? I mean, think about what the flu does to people. Think about all these other things do that the media won't even talk about. You know, think about this is the one of the most minor situations. The swine flu was much worse. And that was under Obama's watch, and what the hell did he do? Not a goddamn thing. There were thousands that died and a lot that died and he didn't even take action on it until like what a month in or something? And like it wasn't right away. It's not like what Trump did in the first the first minute Trump heard anything, he went to the table, he went to the drawing board with his staff, with his people, coming up with a plan. This is how this guy works. He's like the he's he's like Phil he's like the Phil Jackson of politics. He's like the Michael Jordan of basketball. This guy, you know, you, you can't make this sort of greatness up and you know, I, I I'm seeing how Look at our borders now. We're seeing people from all these corona countries just to report the other day. They're fl- they're running to our borders and you know, most of them have been apprehended, but sadly, I think there's been about 10% that actually got through. They got through. And you know, we look at what we've been doing for the longest time. We've been relying on medical supplies from China. And the White House is now drafting an order to establish To establish a deal where we can all have or we can have most of the stuff, uh, you know, medications made in the USA rather than getting, you know, because look at what China has done to us. Look at what they put us through. We beat them on trade. We beat them on the economy. They're suffering worse than ever before. And this is the way of paying us back. I do not think this stuff happens by accident. Did AIDS happen by accident? Did all this other shit happen by accident? Absolutely not. It's the elites. It's the high ups that, te- that go out with these vaccines and they make, think about, okay, think about people like Bill Gates and think about these high up people that go out, get highly involved financially with all these pharmaceutical companies. And then when these outbreaks happen, they sit back and make all that money because all the people need the damn medicine. It's very co- Guys, It's just common. Go look it up. Bill Gates, Test drugs all the time on less fortunate people in third world countries to see what the outcome. Because it's not just him though. There's a lot of these people. And China, I mean, you know, you, China is dirty, dirty, dirty. The whole Wu Tang thing, Wu Hang, whatever you want to say, you know, totally planned, totally planned. You know, and, and these people even in China and certain newspapers are saying that they purposely did it. There's people admitting in China that this happened on purpose. And remember the whistleblower in China? There's been a couple of them. And what happened? They ended up dead because they were trying to tell everybody around the world that that the Chinese government is lying to everybody. It's true. You know what I mean? I mean, you you, you can't, you can't keep, we can't go on like this. And you know what? I, I wish Trump would, you know, obviously Trump has done enough with beating China But uh, at certain points, I like President Xi, but at certain points, I wish he would, you know, really question President Xi on certain things, because anybody that's running China uh, is not 100% an angel. They got issues, and they're behind, you know, I don't, uh, God, I don't want to say for sure, but I believe he knows, President Xi knows what's really going on. And these people don't want to piss Trump off. Believe it or not, these people do not want to piss Trump off. I mean, these people, they know that if it gets out there, that they were behind it, that Trump is going to really punish them. Um, But the hysteria has gotten out of control. I mean, the mainstream media is really to blame here in the U.S. because there's a lot of people in China that are telling the U.S. mainstream media that they're full of shit, that the U.S. mainstream media doesn't know what they're talking about. And people in China are saying in a lot of ways, and even in other countries are saying that it's, you know, it's, it's getting under control uh, a lot faster than people are reporting. I mean, there's not, not, we're not doubting or we're not contradicting or trying to say that there hasn't been quite a few deaths, especially in Italy. Um, in Italy, there's been 20, 2,100 deaths. Death toll exceeds 2,100. I mean, they're one of the worst ones. But, you know, this, isn't, this can be controlled. This can be managed. This can be monitored. This can be uh, tamed. Um, you, but I don't believe people like the Italian government are doing the proper things like the U.S. has, and as, long, as well as the other governments. Look at Angela Merkel, what she just said the other day. She thinks 70% of her people are going to be infected with it. Well, Angela, what do you, you for the longest time have wanted open borders. This is your problem. You have created – same with Justin Trudeau is making the same old stupid statements. But he's had nothing but open borders for all these times. You know, and the whole, um, the Italy thing, I mean, I'm, I'm seeing videos of, of Italy. I mean, the, the street, there's no cars on the road and, and, you know, the, the things that we're doing are a lot better than what others are doing. And we see the mainstream media, we see the left wing liberals, um, you know, just, just, It's it's the worst. I've never seen anything blown out of proportion this bad. And look it, I mean, you've got all these tourists, all these places uh, being canceled. New York City, Broadway shows, um, restaurants and bars. In certain states, like I think in Ohio and others, you you can't go into a restaurant or bar right now. I mean, we're on lockdown. People are quarantined. Every, Every year, every year, and by the way, I didn't say this earlier in my show, happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. I'm very irish um, and every year I'm always out on St. Patrick's Day And I can't, I can't even be out today I'm pissed off I'm really pissed off This screw. You know how many other people are mad that they can't go out You know how many other people are scared You know how many businesses are losing money on drinks today Like, I mean, think about it, guys Think about that And a former patient even got on TV Who had corona And said It's not what people think like, She was better after 10 days Tom Hanks got it He feels fine uh, people probably know the actor Idris Elba, uh, ver you know, he's fine. The people that keep getting it, I, I don't really see too many people saying that, you know, that they're terribly sick. Uh, and I'm not going to be ignorant and say that it doesn't affect, you know, obvi- obviously people with pre-existing conditions and people in their nineties, then yeah. But you know, if you're a young person, active, healthy, and you know, keeping your life on the right path, I, I really don't think you have much to worry about as long as you're, you know, uh, keeping yourself away from everybody else and taking the proper steps. But, um, you know, th- th- there really is a lot of criticism. I mean, th- you know, it's never enough with, with the left. You know, they always got to say how bad Trump is doing. They always got to say that he's not taking proper precautions and proper steps to tackle this virus. Uh, but the last time I checked, within the first five minutes he was on it, uh, every single day he's been holding press conferences. He's been answering every single question they've ever had. Um, he's given full transparency. Uh, He has some of the best doctors on his staff working for him. Um, He has all these things in place and all these things on the table, and all they want to do is make him look like he's not doing his job. You know, and and, and that's why he still has a lot of haters, because there's these people, certain people, that believe the media. And then you have Hollywood complaining. You have all these people, you know, saying that Trump's a coward. Well, I don't remember Obama coming out every single day. Taking action on this issue in press conferences. I don't remember Obama in the first five minutes taking action. Actually, it took Obama, what did I say earlier, at least a couple weeks or a month to even do anything. And there were a bunch of people that died. He was a disaster. Sorry, guys, the mic fell for a second. But he was a disaster on the CDC, uh, Obama, um, all these things. All these things that Obama and the media, you know what the media said back then? Oh, he's doing everything he can, Obama. He's trying. He's trying. He's really helping everybody. So phony. You know, and President Trump now is talking about, um, you know, obviously it's a national emergency. There's no doubt about that. But there could be domestic travel bans. I mean, this is what it's come to. Between U.S. states, like you, we might not even be able to travel back and forth from different states for at least temporary you know, for the time being, you know, um, uh, and he said this could go as far as July or August. And he did announce, which is really positive, he's ordering the Department of Energy to replenish U.S. Strategic Petroleum Reserve in the coronavirus era. So that's a positive, Uh, you know, give a big, big thumbs up for that, obviously. Um, Let me just see if I'm missing anything here. So here's and he's doing all these nice things, you know. Uh, he's going to waive interest on federal student loans, you know, uh, and uh, and they're talking about now giving Americans money. Um, Trump is uh, because of them missing work and and because of this this crisis, and they're they're coming up with some sort of him and Mnuchin, Steve Mnuchin, which I really like Steve Mnuchin. He's done a great job. Um, but yeah, we'll see we'll see what you know obviously comes into play. But I know that's in negotiations right now. Uh so, you know, they were giving him all this, they were giving him all this shit, and they were giving him, um, you know, for, for wondering if he had coronavirus, they, you know, they said, well, Mr. President, you've been around all these people that have it, how do we know you don't have it? So, just to shut them up, he took the test, he doesn't have it, and once again, the media has proven to look like idiots, you know, and um, a new poll came out, uh, Wall Street Journal and NBC, which almost every time leans left. I mean, they're very biased poll and believe it or not, uh, nobody's opinion on Trump has changed still at 48%. And you know, that's, that's a left leaning poll. Think about an honest poll. He'd probably be at a, you know, late fifties or sixties, or but um, you know, it, it's uh, you know, I think, I think a lot of people from what I've read, from what I've seen online, even people that don't necessarily agree on a lot of things he's done uh, are giving him, you know, certain um certain praise for sure but obviously there's those haters that you can't help and they'll just keep hating him no matter what he does he could cure cancer and they still want the orange man to go um and the whole the whole band year up for 30 days i really give him a uh strong praise for that i mean that's that's absolutely a, a necessity okay uh let's start with uh let's go to let's see Michael
2: Balsey, go ahead, retired police chief and homicide detective. Thanks, Roy. You know, I don't know where to start here. I agree. The president has been on top of this from the beginning, and I mentioned on your show previously that uh, he had a committee together back in 2018 to study and come up with some ideas and plans and some plans, make plans in case something like this was to happen. It was almost like in anticipation that he realized something like this was going to happen. I thought he jumped on things quite early. The, the China, China travel ban will prove to be one of the greatest presidential decisions ever made. Uh, it was remarkable, because when you look at uh, other countries, no one did anything like that. I want to skip over. To, you mentioned Italy, and I want I want to just kind of explain what happened there. You know, in Italy, I mean, I've been there a couple of times. You know, people live in very, very close quarters. I mean, the houses are basically on top of each other, right? In addition to that, they've been battling back and forth between when Salvini won that election and now with the guy that's in the government that's in place now open borders, right? They have had people freely going in and out of Italy, uh, and they've been trying, they've been working hard. The people really don't want that want open borders. And they've been fighting to close the borders. And there's been a lot of controversy over that over there. But that's a problem there too. The other thing is they have socialized government uh healthcare. Okay, the people there pay about forty nine percent of their income to the government in exchange for getting free health care which is horrible. People die in the emergency rooms. It's hard to get seen by a doctor. Waiting lists are months long. Uh, you got all kinds of problems like that that uh, are happening there. The other thing that I was unaware of and I only learned recently was they have a very, very high Chinese population in a few cities in northern Italy, especially in the textile industry. And the Chinese travel back and forth. Well, if you remember, China never put a a quarantine on Wuhan. They let those people travel about freely. Well, many of those people, thinking that they were going to be restricted or a quarantine forced on them, they just left left China and went to Italy. So you had tons of people that were infected that went into Italy, which caused those numbers just to skyrocket. Which again,
1: that tells you how remarkable
2: Trump's travel ban
1: was. And Michael, here's the thing. Everybody, here's what bothers me is that everybody wants to analyze the whole corona thing just based, in a lot of ways, based off Italy. Because, you know, like you said, and like I said earlier in the show, that Italy has not prepared or, or, or done the proper protocol like other countries, like the U.S. has. And I think that's one of the main reasons they're suffering. And then when people see this on the news, they have this generalization that, we're, no matter where they live, even if it's in the U.S., that they're going to die. But that's just not. That's sending the wrong message because there's so many, you know, flaws that Italy has has been dealing with.
2: Well, that's exactly why I looked into this uh, situation in Italy a little closer. Was because they keep referring to Italy. You're absolutely correct, and I think that's how they, they easily put in uh, all these closures. You know, and I live in a, in the Midwest, so. Yeah, one of my states, there's no restaurants or bars open now. As of 2.30 yesterday, they shut down. You can get carry out in restaurants only. Uh, and you can imagine what that's like. Uh, just like grocery stores, you can't get anything on a grocery store shelf here. It's it's virtually impossible. Uh, and they can't stock fast enough. Even if they have the shipments, they can't get the boxes out of the way because people are taking things right out of the boxes before they get them unloaded. That's how bad it is. But that's the thing in Italy, that high high concentration of of Chinese population, but also the free travel that was going on after this virus was already released.
4: It's
1: still
2: still the average age of death in Italy is 81 years old.
1: But doesn't it blow your mind, Michael, doesn't it blow your mind how all these things that kill people every year, like cancer or drugs, overdose or alcoholism, or uh, even the flu. I mean, that's never talked about. People don't rush to the stores and places to panic, but for something that is so minor and has, we, we don't even know much about it yet. Everybody thinks that it's the apocalypse.
2: I I, I agree a hundred percent. I I just think that, uh... You know, when you look at this virus in, in, in a global perspective, now, not well we're going to look at it amongst uh, the United States or Italy or a specific country, just look at it globally, you know, the death rates are still significantly lower uh, at its worst. At coronavirus at its worst situation, okay are still lower than the common flu, the swine flu, malaria, AIDS. Uh, pneumonia, hepatitis, and tuberculosis. And I would imagine you could throw a few of those other uh, viruses in there, too, like H1N1 and maybe Ebola. I think they were both worse than this. I, I really do. If you saw it today, there was an article that said 81% of the people that get this virus will be asymptomatic. They will never even know they have it. 80, 80, I think it was, no, I take that back, it was 86%. is an enormous number. And like you mentioned earlier, the virus is not something that's severe. If you have an underlying health condition, okay, then you should be doing everything you can to keep yourself separated from other people. I think healthy people, the the only problem I see is I guess you could be a carrier because you could actually have the disease and not know it. I thought I'd throw in today, late this evening. They shut down Midway Airport in Chicago. I think it's wow. going to be a temporary thing, but they—they uh, they, uh, two uh, air traffic controllers tested positive for the disease. And you know, and I—I was—I was thinking last night. You know, if if there was going to be something like this happen, it would be in the airports. If you see these terminals, yeah. you got five hundred or thousand people crammed into a short small space in a terminal right almost on an yeah. hourly basis yeah so i mean, I mean and that Mike, does not surprise me at all
1: and, and my, my michael you're you're a, you're a very smart guy and you know you're you're a retired police chief and homicide detective you've seen everything in life and you know a lot of things is it hard for you to believe that this rand, this outbreak just randomly happened
2: no i don't believe a random i don't think anybody really truly believe. I believe this was released from a bioweapons lab or a biochemical weapons lab. Every country has it. It's no secret. And I believe it was released. And it's an actual strain of a well-known coronavirus. Look on a Lysol bottle. It's on there. The coronavirus yeah. is nothing new. Okay. This think, particular about the strain, think about the
1: pharmaceuticals, how they're going to profit.
2: Well, you know, and I'm not sure how much though. If you if you notice now, Australia has tested a drug uh, called uh, Coletra or something along that. Uh, yeah, Coletra, I think it is, and it, it they said has effectively treated coronavirus. I was reading an article yesterday. And I believe it may have been in Italy or in one of the European countries. Where well, they tri- they used a drug called uh, a drug called chlor- chloroquine, and they did a 12 person study, where they found 12 people that were, you know, deemed to have the coronavirus, and they got six of them willing to sit there and not take this medication, and six of them did. The six that took it were cured relatively quickly, so they know this chloroquine works. It's a drug that they've used to cure Malaysia, or, uh, uh, malaria. I'm sorry, not Malaysia. They used to cure malaria and and, uh, and some other and some other diseases. And there's a there's a hydro version of that uh, cleric one, too, that actually is even more effective. And if you notice, the first uh, vaccine when it went to the uh, for testing uh, yesterday which is remarkably fast. So I think, you know, that's another thing. And, and Trump, I just don't think gets enough credit. He brought the public and private sector together. You know, and I'm sure when he met with these pharmaceutical people, he told them, we're not only going to try to find a, a, a cure for this uh, disease, but we're also going to start making our own drugs in the United States, which, which I think is extremely critical. You know, we can't be dependent on China for anything. You know, we're getting hot. what percent, like a 90% of our antibiotics are coming from China? That's unheard of. It's stupid. Uh, no, I agree. There's some I interesting agree. things. You know, the Democrats, you know, the Rob Emanuel uh, philosophy, you can't let a good crisis go to waste. I see the New Orleans mayor wants to uh, ban guns and ban alcohol. They use, they use this thing to push this uh, radical agenda. You know,
1: you know, and it really is what we're dealing with right now. What we're dealing with right now with empty grocery stores and all of us are vulnerable. You know, this, this is what socialism is about. They're giving us a taste, you know, and then they want to try to take away your guns. I mean, this is how it starts.
2: Right. And I've heard I've heard uh, these are the things I've heard mentioned. I, and I saw some of these in an article, too. They've been talking about nationalizing industry. The government takeover of health care. Gun in addition to gun bans. Okay. empty the prisons, Uh, stop prosecuting uh, criminal cases as of right now. And I don't know if you saw in in Philadelphia, they said they're going to stop all criminal arrests. I'm curious to see how that's going to work out for them, especially now when people are fighting for food and, uh, you know, they can't get their hands on what they need. I can just see the crime rates soar over there. It's like they want chaos. I don't know, it's, uh, like I said, they just don't let a good crisis go to waste. It just doesn't happen. If you saw the director of the World Health Organization, now he's saying he severely overstated the fatality rate of this disease. Well, it's a little late to admit that now, don't you think? That was, I, I, I can't even believe he would come out and say that. Uh, I I have to agree with you on lowering the Federal Reserve, lowering the rates. It's something the president has been asking for since he was elected. If you notice, every time they've lowered the rates, he keeps saying it wasn't enough. It hasn't been enough, right? Now they finally lowered them, and, and they're pretty low. But I agree with you on the Fed. The Fed is corrupt. It's always been corrupt, right, you know, that along with the central bank. And they're going to be exposed. And this is going to be one of the reasons that they're going to be exposed. It's going to be a cause of them being being exposed. You can go back to Rand Paul and his father before him that have been calling for an audit of this Federal Reserve, and it can't happen fast enough in my book. So uh, that's about all I have, Rory. I think I pretty much got everything off my chest here, except for General Flynn. You know, this thing really bothers me a little bit. First of all, they they lied on Flynn. They changed the 302s. Now all the paperwork seems to be missing. Now, Judge Sullivan hasn't ruled in this case yet, and Judge Sullivan is supposed to be a pretty highly respected judge that's pretty good, right? I look for him to make the right decision here, and, you know, allowing Flynn to change his plea, which is the right thing to do, and throwing this case out, two things that I anticipate should happen. If for some reason Judge Sullivan fools me and winds up convicting Flynn, that's when I think you'll see an immediate pardon by the president. You know, what happened to him shouldn't happen to anybody. And, it, and unfortunately, he wasn't the only one it's happened to. It's happened to plenty of people. You know, Paul Manafort may have had some things in his past, but he got the same treatment General Flynn got. Uh, and he he ain't the only one. There's, there's several others, too. So, I, you know, I, I think things are going to get better, uh, and I agree with you on the president's popularity. Uh, His numbers are actually right now during this coronavirus holding pretty steady, and they'll continue to climb again because people can't realistically look at this and, uh, and, and say he hasn't done everything possible. And he's doing daily briefings, which is something that you haven't seen in a long time. Even one of the CNN, one of their big wigs over there at CNN said, you have to give the president credit for what he's done with coronavirus. And I'm starting to see more and more of this in the mainstream media. They're the ones that blew this out of proportion to start with. Devin Nunez been, has uh, been complaining about this for since it started, that the main, mainstream media was instilling panic in the American people. And it's unfortunate. Because people that need some of these items that they can't get, you know, are the ones that are going to suffer. Uh, emergency workers, uh, policemen, nurses, doctors, healthcare workers, people that work during the day that try to go to a grocery store and get something and the shelves are empty. These people have, need to have a little respect for their, their fellow man. So with that, Roy, I'll get on and enjoy the rest of your show. Thanks again for having me.
1: Always a pleasure, my friend, and tell everybody where they can connect with you. You can reach me on Twitter at Michael
2: Volsi. You can send me a direct message. I'm there every day. That's spelled V-A-L-S-I.
1: Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Michael. Um, Todd McKinley, go ahead, buddy. I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts. Go ahead.
3: Oh absolutely Rory. yeah I want to echo what, what Chief bossy said there you know regarding Italy I, I was just talking to an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, who, who visits Italy on a regular basis and she you know basically said you know the, the population that is passing away is you know a lot of the elderly folks that live there and of course they live right on top of one another you know they, they have nowhere else to go they have no suburbs like we do here we, they have no countryside really like we do here uh, where people can kind of spread out uh, so you know that, that's a, that's a big part of it And like the chief said, you know, there's, uh, you know, the Chinese folks that come through there and work uh, unrestricted back and forth. Uh, So that was probably a big part of it, I'm sure. Uh, You know, and the chief is right. You know, um, you know, Democrats want chaos. You know, think about it. At the end of the day, you know, they're going to look for Trump to fix the problems that they've created. And then the very next day, what they're going to do is is blame him for not having fixed their problems, and try to use that as the next crisis. You know, like the uh, like the Corona crisis. It was Russia. It was Ukraine. It's whatever. Uh, You know, that'll be the next crisis. You know, they're letting people out of prison. They're going to stop uh, prosecuting crimes. They're going to stop arresting people. And then they're going to say, "Well, where's President Trump on this? Why hasn't he fixed this?" And of course, they're going to try to use that this coming November. Uh, You know, and I agree with you. I think we need to do away with the Federal Reserve. You know, and, and of course, I'm going to echo something that's always uh, been said many times. Uh, it's not federal, and, it's, and there's no reserve. Uh, you know, it's a private institution, and, and, and the public has really no idea who controls it, uh, especially who's, who controls it behind the scenes. Who, who are the real shareholders? Uh, the, you know, the Board of Governors are essentially figureheads in, in many respects. Uh, you know, the chairman of the Federal Reserve is essentially a figurehead. Uh, the only relationship really that they have with, with say the federal government is the fact that the president gets to appoint a reserve chairman every every so many years i think it's every ten years uh, and of course the Senate gets to confirm them and other than that there's really no relationship um, you know so uh we, we really don't control our money supply we don't control our, our economy in many respects uh with 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 with, with, the, with respects with how the how the federal reserve can 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 basically implement something can raise uh you know interest rates or something like that or lower them. Uh, w- without the president's approval, without Treasury's in- input, without you know anybody else's say-so, without Congress even having a say, uh, and-, and drastically affect the economy in, in a positive or negative way. Uh, you know, COVID-19 is something that's been out there, or excuse me, the COVID virus. Uh, this is like, like you said, the new strain that's out there. And and, and other people have said this, and Jim Price has said it er- uh, earlier. You know, Americans just need to relax, work together. And, and I wrote an article. Uh, in I Vote Tennessee, that's the the letter I Vote Tennessee dot com. Uh, it's, it's called COVID nineteen virus, a real pandemic with out of control panic. You know, I, I urge everybody to go read, read my article. Uh, when I worked at the White House, I worked uh, did tons of government, kind of presidency, emergency actions, things like that. And I, I set and, and did hundreds of these types of exercises, and many of them were were pandemic exercises that we worked on. Uh, and basically, what we've uh, come up with. Was the fact that civil society would break down, and and of course people would start hurting themselves or hurting one another, and basically killing one another before a, a pandemic ha- has a chance to e- even uh, have an effect on on them. Uh, people will will basically lose their minds essentially. Uh, and if you watch any sort of uh, end of days type scenario or or uh, you know zombie apocalypse type movie, and I, and I and I. I use that as examples uh, or, or read those types of books, like World War Z, for example. Uh, people will basically tear themselves apart at the seams uh, before any virus actually has a chance to do so. Uh, so people just need to relax, pump their brakes for, for a little bit, stop the panic buying. You know, you're going to end up hurting other people. You're going to end up hurting yourselves. Uh, you're going to end up basically uh, breaking down civil society uh, if we uh, go around with our hair on fire at every turn. Uh, you know, so we, we need to be cautious. Um and like I said, whenever I opened up here, I talked about you know civil asset forfeiture. And again, my friend David Seal, uh, if you get a chance to go to the theTennessean.com uh, and check out his uh, his article, I'd really appreciate you guys to go check that out. Uh, you know, re- very common sense conservative. Uh, and if you ever get a, if you see his picture on there, you, you'll look at it and you'll think, well, this guy is somebody straight out of the Revolutionary War. I mean, he's a, he's a true patriot. Um, and then we talked about General Flynn. Uh, you know, General Flynn was targeted. And you know I was at the White House uh, during a transition time period, uh, and I worked closely with the National security Council and national security advisor's office and and you know you you see how how in flux it really is whenever a new administration comes in power uh, you know I was I was there at the end of the uh, bush Cheney and, and at the beginning of the Obama Biden administration and uh, you know a lot of these guys don't really know what's going on or you know they're really trying to figure out where the coffee pot's said at, at this point. and of course, they came in there. Uh, and of course the, uh, you know the former FBI uh, director uh, boasted about it uh, and, and took advantage of the situation. And General Friend was targeted. you know He was never advised of his rights, was, was under no oath, uh, but he was indicted for, for doing what every uh, incoming national security advisor does, which is essentially talk to counterparts that are overseas. Uh, he made no promises to them, uh, you know he, he made no deals with them. Uh, He was essentially just laying the groundwork of any of any transition that that takes place, Republican or Democrat or Independent or whoever. This is just what happens. Uh, You know, liberal media and Democrats. You know, they they can they can't even do simple math. if You think about this. Remember how they talked about Bloomberg, the the amount of money he spent. You know, Uh, every every American could would would be could be given a million dollars, and of course they doubled down upon that uh, whenever they were called out on it. Uh, Then they say, you know, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, the unemployment numbers are low because Americans are working two jobs to, uh, to make ends meet. You know, t- to me, that would mean that there's just so many jobs out there that we can all uh, – uh, c- can-, can afford to be able to go work in a second job because the economy is doing so well. Uh, to me, that would be a- an actual plus. But to me, that's a feather in the cap of President Trump if that's the case, uh, you know, that there's just so many jobs that are out there. And you said that there was like 11 million jobs or something like that was, that's uh, been unfilled. And, I, and I've, I've read that before, and I've heard, I've heard that uh, different places. And of course, I've heard different numbers at the same time. But the average is right around 11 million, uh, you know. But to say that you know that you know people are out there struggling, working two jobs, uh, and, and then to try to say that the economy is really bad, uh, the economy is doing really good. And the fact that there are people can work two jobs, I mean, it, it, it makes no sense. Uh, you know, the, their math doesn't add up. Uh, and Andrew Gill- Illum, you know, you talked about him a minute ago. If you remember. Uh, during his campaigns, he tried to play the the lefty uh, family values guy. He tried to play like the family values guru uh, uh, against her, the, his Republican counterparts. Uh, and you know, now now you see all of a sudden he, he's going to have to go to rehab, and, and everything will be hunky dory. He'll work it out with his wife, this and that. And, and the thing is, this is something that's that's gone on before. Uh, you know, I'm hearing from people that, that work down in that area, some people that are in the media. Uh, you know, this is something that he's done before, uh, not to this extent though. But this is something he does on the regular. But then he wants to play Mr. Family Values and and play, you know, uh, Mr. Abortion on Demand, but then act like, you know, all of a sudden he's a victim here. You know, he's a victim of of his own choices. Uh, And if this were were a Republican, uh, you know, they they would be basically lambasted in the media. Uh, Every every little pundit or every little, uh, uh, you know, late night talk show host would be laughing about this. And and I think we all probably would in in some respects, Um, you know, but. The end of the day, you, you can't throw stones, and then all of a sudden you go out and do this uh, and, and expect nobody to be able to call you out. Uh, and, of course, the left are going to give him a pass. They're going to look the other way. They'll, they'll talk about it for like maybe two seconds, and then they'll, they'll turn turn the other way uh, and start calling Trump out again. Uh, and then, as you said a minute ago, uh, CNN had to admit President Trump's doing a good job. He, he is doing the right thing. He's all over this. Uh, you know, uh, If you remember, initially, they tried to call him out on his, his Chinese uh, travel ban. Uh, saying, oh well, you're xenophobic, you're anti-immigrant, you're anti-this and that. A travel ban has nothing to do with immigration. Uh, we're simply saying, hey, you can't come in for a period of time, or or what, who, who is going to be allowed in uh, is going to be allowed in this way, and here's the checks we're putting in place uh, to keep our country safe. Had Pre- had President Trump not done that, he he would have been called out for that. You know, oh, he's doing nothing to protect us. He's not keeping us safe. Uh, he's putting us at risk. Uh, you know, he's endangering society. Uh, so. Uh, you know, he's damned if he do, damned if he didn't, you know uh, And of course with, with the travel ban with Europe um, you, you know, I I think there's probably uh, some other ways We can look at, at, at uh, you know, implementing certain travel bans Or uh, lifting certain things perhaps, you know But I'm not going to second guess what he's got going on And what he's hearing uh, You know, he's got better intelligence than you and I do The only thing that we have is what the media allows us to see or hear And of course our, our good on common sense Um, You know, this is a virus that's kind of been out there. Most people will not even know that they've ever had had it. Uh, And those who have compromised immune systems, elderly, uh, people with respiratory problems, things of that nature, uh, people with HIV, AIDS, things of that nature, uh, are susceptible to it, obviously. And uh, it it, it could kill people like that. But the majority of us, if we ever got it, 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 it we probably either wouldn't know or it would be more like a flu to us and we would get over it. Uh, you know, but at the end of the day, it's, it's something that's been blown well out of proportion. People need to stop it with the toilet paper buying. Uh, toilet paper is not going to save your life here. Uh, and, and if this was truly something that that is that is a, a major problem, uh, that is, that is really that that uh, uh, deadly to people, why are you going out to the stores and sitting there trying to, trying to uh, all of a sudden panic buy? You should have already kind of been prepared for stuff like this. Uh, you know, you should already have certain, certain amounts of food already on hand, some, some, some water, some shelf-stable food, uh, you know, some medical supplies, and then some cleaning supplies, personal hygiene supplies, things of that nature uh, at the ready. I know I'm not talking about everybody needs to be a prepper, but, you know, ha- have maybe a, a few days, maybe a couple of weeks of supplies at the ready. In the event something were to happen, so that way you don't have to rush out and put yourself in danger, your family, your kids, and other people uh, in, in your life in danger. If it were something that was truly a, a major pandemic that is that is going to kill everybody, uh, you know, so running running out in public and doing panic buys does nothing to help you. It just basically shows the fact that you're you're unprepared and you know you're going to be one of the first that's that's affected by something. Uh, should it be something that rises to that type of occasion, uh, but anyway, just a few thoughts there and uh. I'll shut up, and uh, everybody can follow me uh, at Todd for House. That's T O D D, the number four H O U S C. Check out the website toddberhous.com. T O D D number four H O U S C dot You know, we're going to look to start banging on some doors here in com- coming April, and starting some uh, some of our our um, uh, campaign events uh, com- this coming April, uh, provided everything works out. Um, you know, we're, we're not looking to go out and scare anybody or put anybody in jeopardy. Uh, out in the public but you know at some point soon in the next couple of weeks we'll be out there talking to people in the public and uh you know uh making our pitch and hopefully uh, everything works out and we'll see everybody in nashville who's coming on um you know after november and uh we'll get some some things done for the people
1: i love it i love it i love it well th- god bless you todd and uh really uh really rooting for you we need candidates like you in there and um uh, did you have any other thoughts my friend
3: no, you know, I think I think that's kind of it. You know, uh, you know, I hope that everybody you know, in the different states around, around the country, uh, you know, will really look at these different candidates that are out there. You know, whether it's in California, for example, you know, a state that just, just, is in major disarray, it's, it's, in, it's in, you know, it, it, it has a lot of problems, you know, San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Sacramento and other places like that. And, you know, I think, you know, I'll use what President Trump said. What do you got to lose? What do you have to lose uh, by electing a few Republicans for a couple, a couple years? Give them a shot. Send them, send them to Washington, D.C. Send them to Sacramento and, and see, see, see what they can do for you. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think you'll be surprised, uh, to people on the left anyway, uh, they'll be surprised that Republicans can actually get things done for them uh, and can actually listen to their issues and, and, and what, what, what they hold dear and at least have a dialogue with them uh, and, and really get the things done that they really need done, which is, you know, jobs you better health care, which is, better uh, which is a, a better economy, and then, of course at the end of the day uh, you know lowering crime rate, uh, dealing with the, the homeless population and of course the, uh, you know the, the people that are out there that need, that really need help that are on the streets that, that are not being addressed right now uh, you know but it's being exacerbated by Gavin Newsom you know and, and other people like that, Nancy Pelosi for example, uh, and, and others. Uh, so uh, what, what do you have to lose? Let's elect some folks like Buzz Patterson and get them in there and get things done for the American people.
1: Amen. Amen. Todd McKinley, uh, thank you, man. Thank you so much.
3: Yes, yes, sir. God bless.
1: God bless. Uh, everybody, we have a lot of people on the show tonight. Uh, I'm going to be getting to everybody on the panel, so don't worry. Um, we will be having, uh, like I said, U.S. congressional candidate from California, Buzz Patterson, as well as U.S. congressional candidate from Massachusetts, John Paul Moran, uh, with us right now, though. And, and I also i will be introducing uh, shortly uh, Russell Cruz. Who owns a huge uh, Second Amendment um, uh, company and, and they do a lot of big stuff with guns. So I can't wait to have a conversation with him. But right now, I want to introduce uh, U.S. congressional candidate uh, from Nevada, uh, Leo Dunson. Leo's doing a lot of big things. Leo has been a big part of the mega and, and Blexit movement. And um, I, uh, I'm excited to talk And First time on, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
7: Oh, well, thank you for having me, Roy. Well, I'm actually a former. US congressional candidate for Nevada District 4 um I ended my bid uh sadly um just recently and uh uh we you know we had a lot of steam and a lot of people you know if things were going really well I guess I uh I guess I kind of ended it at a good time given the uh, whole coronavirus and everything that's going on uh but uh, I'm a heavily supporter of the president uh still um I've been offered a lot of pretty good positions including even the deputy A director of the party, Republican Party, here in Nevada. So I've gotten some good uh, job offers, I guess. After, but I'm just an activist. I'm a conservative activist. Um, I'm a minister, a preacher. Uh, But most importantly, I just like to, you know, advocate online and in person for uh, for conservative values, uh, specifically to Black America. I go into the different inner cities. Um, As you mentioned, I was a part of the Blexid launch. Um, And I also um, do a bunch of events around the town locally called Make Black America Great Again. And we've got many, many uh, black Americans to come out and uh, hear the message of conservatism. I really like what your last um, uh, um, guy was talking about, the last guy you had on was talking about, about giving the conservatives and giving Republicans a chance to govern. And I think people would like what they get. Um, I believe so. Definitely if we can get guys like Todd, if we can get regular everyday average Americans uh, that are conservative in there, I think we can definitely do some good. Amen. Amen.
1: 100%. So um, tell us, you know, you're obviously a big decision to walk away from the democratic party. I mean, you know, for many years, you know, uh, they've been misleading black Americans and only using them as political pawns. And uh, sadly, right. you know, there, there's, there's, Sadly, there's people in that community that still haven't woken up to it, uh, but there's been a right. lot that have, and there's right. been a lot that actually see the light. They see the truth. They see what's really going on, but what was your ultimate – how did you end up leaving? What, what really, like, uh, made that, you know, moment happen? Like, what, what was the, the leading
7: factor? You know, um, I try to go over this over and over again in my head, and I get this question a lot, honestly. Um, I, college honestly took me over the top. Believe it or not, I, I went to school for political science and just, I felt like it was liberal indoctrination. They were telling me things that didn't make sense to me, like the immigration policy, for example. They were saying that, you know, the number one problem with immigration is the visa overstays and it's more visa overstays than there is illegals from over the southern border. And I was like, that just doesn't add up. You know, it, did, it didn't seem like there were a bunch of people, you know, flooding America from Europe, you know what I mean? Like illegally. It just didn't, based on your own eyesight, right? And it was just a bunch of liberal policies they were pushing on us through school that didn't add up to me. But ultimately, ultimately, it has to be – I mean, you know, I was already a Republican before Trump came in, but, I mean, I wasn't a stone-cold conservative. But I will say it was I am a Trump Republican. Ultimately, it's been Trump that has tilted the needle for, I think, many, many black Americans, the fact that he's been unapologetic, not afraid to engage us you know before president trump you know the actual tweet that he retweeted of mine he retweeted a tweet of mine about you know what was it, about 4 weeks ago now and the tweet said that you know president trump is the first republican in my lifetime to really advocate towards us to come to our communities unapologetically and not be afraid before him the republicans really didn't engage the black community if you think about it they didn't they were kind of just stayed away i mean it kind of makes sense for them. They probably thought, well, they're all going to vote Democrat anyway, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, for them, they didn't really engage us, but he was unapologetic. He says, look, your community is in ruins. You're being shot every day. Your schools are uh, you know, horribly ran. The institutions look you know, horrible. You ain't learning nothing. You know, This mass poverty, what you know, do you have to lose by voting for me? And so he actually you know, put a pitch out there, and I think that ultimately is what brought me over and many other black Americans.
1: And doesn't it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And doesn't it drive you crazy how, you know, the identity politics, you know, I, you try to have conversations with certain people in the black community and you ask them, what did Obama do for you? What did he do for you? And all they keep talking right. about is skin color. It, it's like it drives me right. nuts. Like, what do, what do you do about that if people are so stuck in their ways that they don't want to listen to facts? And I say this all the time in the Democratic Party. It's feelings over facts. They don't want to hear the truth, right.
7: some of them. Right. I think, you know, what, I, what it is, you know, is we've been indoctrinated, and I mean, it's just the honest truth. You know, you know, many black people do get mad when I say this, but we have been indoctrinated with liberal progressive policies at a very small age, you know? Like, and so when someone comes like yourself and says, any, you know, even if you tell somebody, hey, I want lower taxes, they immediately say you're a racist, you know? And you're like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So like any conservative Republican policy or, or position that they hear, they've been conditioned to believe that it's a racist thing. Matter of fact, I'll tell you, growing up in the hood, when we seen R on the ballot box, that literally stood for racist for us. That's literally what most black people believe, like that R, a Republican, stands for racist. And because we've been indoctrinated, it's so hard to have the conversation. And that's the reason why I thought, you know, like I said, I had to end my, my congressional bid. But I think that, you know, since I've been talking with many Republicans and I've, you know, I've been an advocate even before this, I think it's even more important for me to continue my advocacy because many black Americans, unfortunately, can't receive the message unless they receive it from another black person, unfortunately. And, and, and so by me being out there, speaking, having these events. And having white Americans there, Hispanic Americans come, come speak. I think it opens up kind of a, a wound that we thought was closed, and it kind of opens it up a little bit and makes the dialogue a little bit better. At least that's my hope. Amen. A- amen. And and you know, so
1: we look at how the Republicans were the ones that freed the slaves. They were the ones that stopped the KKK. They were the ones. You know that got them off the plantations. But Isn't it amazing how years later it's the other way around for for these voters? I mean, that's how much brainwashing the Democratic Party has done to get, keep right. these to keep these people. It's it's insane because we remember right. for the longest time. We yeah, you know, we remember for the longest time after the Republicans freed the slaves. Blacks were Republicans up until I, I don't remember right. when they really started becoming Democrat. Was it like maybe the 60s or the 70s? But it was how, a, how things
7: have. Yeah, changed. right. Well, even if you look at our communities today, right, I always, you know, sometimes I have this conversation with black people and I'm saying, well, you know, the Republicans freed the slaves and they're like, oh, you know, well, what have they done for us today? Well, I say, well, look, we'll look at it today. All of our neighborhoods, they represent all of our neighborhoods in every neighborhood you go to. You want to go to Oakland, California it's high crime and poverty. Democrat legislators, Democrat city councilmen, Democrat mayor, you want to go to Chicago, Democrat mayor, Democrat legislators, Democrat city councilmen, you want to go over to Baltimore, Democrat mayor, Democrat councilman, Democrat, and it's high crime, high poverty, all concentrated, particularly in the black areas. And the representation is, and sadly, most of the, a lot of this representation is black, right? <laughs> they're Democrat and they're black, you know, and so, you know, you say, oh, it's racist, well, oh, no, it's a black guy, and he's a Democrat. So a lot of these policies that the Democrats advocate for has just not been advantageous to us. They have actually been destructive, and if you want to talk about – like I said, we we can go back to Jim Crow with the gun control laws, and they still have those gun control laws instituted in our communities today. So we can see many aspects of the plantation, of the remnant of the plantation that the Democrats ran then that they still try to run now in our community, which is why we say leave the plantation. Yeah, and they're,
1: they're you know, here, here's what's sad is their definition of helping people is just giving out welfare and keeping them poor so they can have power over them. That's how it's always been. Right. Think about all the money these politicians get. Think about all, what they can do with those funds to restore these communities, right. but instead they leave them looking like just hellholes.
7: Right. And they never give you enough to get out, right? They just give you enough to get by. And, be, and, and so that means that they just want to give you something to get you to the next election to vote for them again, right? So you're still in poverty. You can't live off $500 a month, but I'll give it to you as welfare to make you think you're getting something. And now I create a cycle of dependency. You can't work on welfare. You can't uh, you know, go to school. You, know, you can't better yourself, right, and you can't get out. So I'll give you a little bit just to the next election so you can keep voting for me, so you keep your checks coming. I keep you in poverty, keep you in crime, keep you miseducated. So it's, it's a cycle. Of, of dependency, it's a, and, and, and they do it all for power, it's gross, it's crazy, but the more we open up to it and we wake up to it, I think, especially even conservatives, if we're being honest here, a lot of, I, I feel like, in my opinion, I feel like conservatives may have known this for a while, but it hasn't been prevalent until Trump. Trump has been the, the, the guy who's taking them on head on, and just anything he hears, he learns of and knows of, he's not afraid to say it. He's not afraid to say, look how you've kept the black community in poverty. He's not afraid to say that, right? He's not afraid to say, well, look, your gun control ain't working in, in Chicago, whereas uh, many years before Trump, people would never say that. No one ever said that, right? Look at the, look at the thing with the abortions. They, uh, I remember there was a Republican in Kentucky going to get some lady, and she said, oh, you don't want to help a woman's right to truth. Well, Trump would straight up say, well, you know, you don't, you want to kill babies, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? You know, he's not afraid to hit back against the liberals on these absurd policies that literally have destroyed america
1: yeah it's one of those things and you know how uh, a big thing you know going on and you know in these inner cities is the uh the black on black crime and i know when i see you know companies and, and you know uh situations and groups like black lives matter that you know they only want to talk about the I'm, and I'm not denying that there's crooked cops out there, but, you know, you only have yeah. that 1% chance, but you got that 99% chance of the black-on-black crime, but they never talk about it because they want the racially divided right. narrative. They, they want to, you know, look – what do you make of this? It probably drives you nuts, doesn't it?
7: Well, you know, for me, it's, you know, it's, it, for me, it's like it's clickbait. They want the chaos, right? They want the racial, like you said, the racially divided narrative that gets more attention right. versus you going right. to go clean up your own communities, which is yeah, far like, worse. You
1: it's know like, what? It's like, it's like the, Leo. It's like if Black Lives Matter, then then they, should, they need to start stop, start talking about it when they keep killing each other every day in right. Chicago exactly. and Detroit exactly. and
7: stop killing black exactly. babies
1: at Planned Parenthood, you know? Exactly.
7: Yeah, if Black Lives Matter, then it should matter always, right? I mean, if, if 100 of us get shot by the police a year and 20,000 of us get shot by each other, then I think this is a far exasperated problem that should be the whole point of the group should be black on black crime, right? <laughs> you know, so without question, I yeah, um, it dri- it does drive me crazy. Black Lives Matter is said that I used to, like, I mean, I used to be, like, going crazy about it. I used to talk about it all the time. And it just became, it's just so counterproductive because, they have such a big bullhorn and so many people work off of the racially emotional narrative, whereas they feel so much far, uh, you know, more, we want to hold the police far more accountable than we want to hold ourselves. Right. And so, you know, even the rappers that, you know, famous rappers will come out and, you know, Oh, you know, what about this guy that was shot, you know, by the, by the cops, but then you were just rapping about shooting another black guy the other day. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, And so it's like, then he gets shot by the cop and you're saying, oh, this is horrible. And then you were rapping about shooting black people all up and down your music. That's all you talk about. So it's, 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 a, it's a huge problem in our community. That goes back to what I was talking about as far as the cultural, the culturally the problems we have and the fact that, we, look, like I said, we don't have anybody to advocate advocate personal accountability to us, fiscal responsibility, limited government regulations. And that's literally my entire movement and what I'm, what I'm about and what I'm going to do even more of going forward uh, in, in the future. I love it. Amen,
1: man. Amen. And so tell me tell me about your preacher uh, business. Obviously, you're probably going around. Uh, you, you, you obviously have your, your, your clients and you have
7: your services. Right. Tell us about that. Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I was actually just I'm literally driving around right now looking at buildings because uh, we finally got enough money to buy the building. Either we're going to buy or lease. It depends on how we got to go about it. But we're just we're looking at different locations. Um, but the biggest thing is, you know, my, my preaching, I mix politics and religion. Some people don't like it, but I never thought that they were, they were separate. I've always thought they were the same thing. And especially in this time of uh, uh, need today with the coronavirus, I think many more people want to hearken to God and God's word. Uh, we, you know, the, the science can't find a way to fix it. I'm preaching right now. You know, the, the, the government legislation, no matter what legislation they pass, it's not going to fix it. And and now today, when you finally have an act of God, I think it's really more time for us to repent. Uh, but most importantly, you know, God, you know, in the Bible speaks of, you know, people having their liberties, their freedom, personal accountability, right? You reap what you sow, right? Uh, a harvest, you know, a seed time and harvest. And so there's many things, principles I believe from the Bible that we can that matter of fact I would say mostly all the conservative principles are drawn from the Bible. And so I believe a lot of those a lot of my message will be geared towards that, but most importantly it would be geared towards uplifting God and having more of you know living more of a spiritual life to uh towards Jesus Christ. I love it. I love it. And you do a lot of things,
1: man. You're a musician too. Tell everybody about about your music yeah. you just released an album. <laughs>
7: Yeah, my my album Free From Into Slavery is is on iTunes, uh Spotify. Um I'm actually working on my new album uh Reconstruction. Um but on that album I had a song called you know the Black Trump supporter. Um I did a song called Make Black America I mean I'm sorry Make America Great Again where Trump was in the ad-libs and um that was you know that song kind of went viral, you know, probably like in 2015. Um, I've been around for a while in the music business. I used to kind of be like, I guess, a lot more famous in music. I was, you know, it was was about my military music and I used to go perform on military basis uh, talking about uh, PTSD and how, you know, you know, you were an Iraq war veteran. You, You were over there absolutely absolutely i I went to iraq and came back so that's another thing i told you i said i've been waiting for the apocalypse for 10 years right <laughs> i'm a veteran right i'm a u.s veteran you know you know we all got stockpiles of ammo and food you know we've been waiting for this type of stuff no i'm kidding um i really am praying you know for the american public at large i do think the panic definitely outweighs the current crisis however you know we know there are some people that have been affected so i am praying for them and you know uh you know, do want to see most of us pull through this, which most people do, right? 70% of the people that get it does end up pulling through. I do believe, I don't believe, I know for a fact the liberals have tried to paint this as a Trump problem when it's not. It's just an act of God. No one could have predicted, and he's done a great job at managing it the best that he can. Um, But, yeah, but, you know, my activism and my ministry all goes together, and it's going to be, you're going to see a lot more of me uh, and hear a lot more coming soon. I love it. I love it,
1: man. Well, Leo, man, I want to get you back on the show very soon. It's really been a pleasure. Um, amazing, amazing stuff. I, I love everything you're doing. Tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can get involved, all that good stuff.
7: Oh, yeah. You can go to uh, leodunson.com. That's L-E-O-D-U-N-S-O-N.com. Um, you still can't tweet leodunson.com because Twitter... Uh, blocked my website even they even blocked my official campaign website when i was running for congress and i do still plan on suing them um but you can also go to uh at leo <laughs> on twitter you can go to at leo dunson on facebook and youtube as well
1: <laughs> all righty my yep. friend um, thanks for having me well man. yeah no ab- absolutely no and i know how that is too i've been locked out of twitter i've been locked out of facebook they even locked me out of linkedin i mean they they, they lock people out of everything oh, wow
7: Wow. Yeah.
1: It, yeah, I mean, it's it's getting ridiculous out there with, with these rules, with these big tech companies. Um, but, Leo, yeah. man, I'll tell you, man, you are quite the amazing uh, individual, and I um, am rooting for you every step of the way, and hopefully you get back into politics soon because we need guys like you in there to, to help our president.
7: Oh, yeah, I'll be back for sure. I'll be making another run. You can believe that. Next time I come, I'm coming with all the bells and whistles, too. All right,
1: Leo. God bless you, man. We'll talk soon. All right. You as well. All right. All right. Uh, I would like to welcome to the show. I believe he's with us right now. We have U.S. congressional candidate from Massachusetts, John Paul Moran. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the show.
5: Corey, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. And uh, great. Absolutely. Great Your guests, first time Leo. on. Tell us. Oh, sorry. Yes. So, I love Leo's message as well. So uh, I'm all about diversity in the party and, and fighting stupid identity politics at the left – uh, uh, thrives on. So,
1: no, oh, I, I hear you. Amen. And, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. First time on the show. Um, obviously you, uh, done quite a few amazing things in your life, uh, running against Seth Moulton here in Massachusetts, who I can't stand. That guy's a leftist scumbag, but tell us about yourself.
5: So I'm, I'm, I'm John Paul Moran. I'm uh, running for Congress against the, uh, the radical leftist Seth Moulton. And, um, I consider myself an an unconventional Irish Catholic conservative Republican, and uh, I'm a little bit unconventional because I have that that diversity card that I'm gay, right? But I don't believe in anything that the uh, LBGDQ lobby does except for basic civil rights for same-sex people. Um, right. By the and, way, I'm uh,
1: Irish Catholic too, so that's cool that you're Irish Catholic.
5: Well, cool, and 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 uh, yeah, this was. I had my. I, I hope you had your your. Uh, your corn, beef and cabbage tonight, like I did with <laughs> your glass of Guinness or Oh, oh I, ab-
1: absolutely, absolutely. But continue with you were talking about the LGBT community, and I agree with you. I mean, the LGBT community on the left, especially, they're so misinformed. They're, they, they, you know, they, they don't really know what's going on and how these Democrats just use them as pawns. Yes,
5: yes. And in fact, you know, I, I consider like child transgendering not only totally unrelated, but actually the opposite message of gay. Gay is. You accept yourself as how you're born, um, and, and the whole message for 50 years since the gay movement started was, "I was born this way." Right? Now all of a sudden, no. However you're born, uh, creation was wrong, God is wrong. We're going to fix that and make you whatever um, gender you want to be. It's just bizarre, and I think it's it's child abuse. So I fight. I I'm, I'm, I I oppose that. I haven't really found many people, even on the left, that support that. I think it's a very small fraction. But again, the left is owned by the radical, radical. Um, you know, the left, the L B G T Q lobby, unfortunately, is owned by By that faction, so um, that's certainly not my my entire message, but that's one thing I uh, I I think gives me a little bit of a kryptonite point on my tip here, because you know I'm I'm the worst thing that could ever happen in the bluest state in the country, undeniably the most most politically intolerant, and the um, it's probably the only state that hasn't seen a Republican congressman for in a quarter century, Massachusetts, and uh, I want to break that blue wall. I I figure they they crossed the red line with with society with all their crazy um, policies. And socialism and child regendering and open borders, and it's time to go and, 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 and the, uh, end the circus here in, in Massachusetts and finally bring uh, a rational, sane, uh, conservative Republican to, to the state to fix these, these, these problems. And I, and I think we're going to do it because no one likes Seth, Seth Moulton. He, he, uh, you know, he was an Iraq war veteran, so always honor veterans for their service, always. But that service didn't transform didn 't transfer to service to the people everybody that I talked to in this district is like where's Seth Moulton? is like where's Roldo? he 's out trying to run for president, pulling at zero point zero percent and fails He tries to overthrow Nancy Pelosi granted i don 't like her either, but with no you know with no backing he thought he could overthrow her and then he storms out of the state of the Union on the, on, on our uh, you know our, our commander in chief a military guy storming out like, a, like like a petulant child. Everybody was really turned off by that by his, his antics and he's never in the territory he 's just out out, you know he has no interest in even being here. So I think this is the time to finally, for the first time in a quarter century, uh, bring liberty back to where liberty began here in Massachusetts, right outside my doorstep, very right down the street in, 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 in Lexington. Uh, they fought. They fired the first shots for liberty for, over taxes and gun confiscation. These are, are, are uh, you know Sam Adams and all the rest of them that fought that, that Revolutionary War, right? <laughs> and started it. Would be horrified to know their state was taken over by. Worse than the British. <laughs> so we have to take I,
7: it back. Nope.
1: Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, for, for as long as I can remember, you know, um, Massachusetts was like, you know, for uh, in a lot of ways, moderate. You know, you had the JFKs that came out of there. You had uh, a, lot of, a lot of good people that came out of there that were, you know, fair and, and balanced. And I really think Massachusetts needs to get back to the qualities and uh, you know, traits that JFK carried, because I really think JFK and Trump are very similar. If you compare policies, they're uh, not too far off, you know, because, uh, uh, and look us right. it, yep. JFK absolutely well, I, was a conservative, he was a conservative Democrat. There's no doubt about it. He was physically well, conservative
5: was, on, he, oh, go ahead. He would be a Republican today. He's pro-life, for pro-border, pro-socialism. He was only one of six presidents that was a lifetime lifetime MRA member. This guy couldn't be more Republican <laughs> pretty much. His, 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 his progressivism at the time was for civil rights. Well, well of right. course, who isn't for civil rights today? So when you look at JFK, I say, well, I'm more like a JFK Republican. And people, like Democrats, look at me and say, what are you talking about? I say, look at, look at, it, look, look at who he was. He would, he would not be allowed near the Democrat Party today. You, you, have, to, you have to pass the litmus test. You have to be into baby murder. You have to be into open borders. You have to be into socialism. They don't let you join the party. So I think people are, are, getting, are, are finally seeing the, how terrible they, they've become, and it's time to bring some sanity back. So I, I wasn't even looking at running for, for, for office. I was, I was running a nonprofit called Grand Opportunity USA, um, and my message yeah. is opportunity. I believe the, 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 the purpose of government is liberty, unity, and opportunity for all. Really, when it boil, you boil down to it, that's, that's what right. the purpose of government is, and the left is power, wealth redistribution, and control. That's their – the, they're the opposite. They're the opposite of us. They're everything we stand for, they're against. We're for unity, they're for division. We're for freedom, they're Absolutely. for tyranny. And who yes, wants that? That's true.
1: It shouldn't be that hard. It shouldn't be this hard actually. You know, and what to, do you see invoke. as the what do you see as the main what do you mean, what do you see as the main three problems in your district? Oh boy, there's a lot. Um,
5: the things I hear most about are health care, um, education, um, and uh, and and believe it or not, sanctuary cities is up there. People do not are not fans of the less sanctuary cities. Garbage, um, illegal aliens. Uh, the MS13 gang killed brutally killed a kid. It's an 18-year-old kid, a 17-year-old kid last year. No, the end of 2018. They stabbed him so much, so many times that he was not recognizable. Right. And yeah, five MS13 gangs killed five guys from the MS13 gang killed brutally killed him. They thought he was a, an informant. Right. Seth Moulton. Yeah. That he, he he opposed a law that would have required a deportation of criminal gang elements. He's he wants to keep criminal murderous gangs in the in, in our state. What what kind of freak would would be for that? That's just it's terrible. BS. No, I know it's it, horrible. It, it, and it's that's not, what kind it, of shit we get here in Massachusetts. That Iana Presley. Look at that wh- whack job. I mean, we're loaded with, yeah. with you know we have we have like the you talk about the basket of deplorables. <laughs> we have the basket of <laughs> freaks I mean we have Elizabeth Warren we have the you know Ed Markey I mean these people are nut jobs and so we have to They exactly. have to fix it and, uh,
1: you know and No you no, you're 100% right I tell everybody where they can get involved with the campaign how they can how they can get in touch with you
5: Okay so you can go to uh, johnpaulmoran.com and you can find me at, at @johnpaul the number 4 mass and you can take that any you want John Paul from Massachusetts or go to mass <laughs> but it's it's supposed to be John Paul, John Paul, Massachusetts. Um, and uh, yeah, look, we 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 love your support. We believe we can we can crack the blue. wall. I believe if we can get crack the blue wall here.
1: We can do it anywhere. Yeah.
5: And so I'm excited I, about doing. I love it. I it, love it. I, 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 I do
1: I, for taking it back. Absolutely. I got to go to a commercial, but we'll definitely get you back soon. Thank you, John. Thank you. Everybody, we'll be right back with Russ Cruci. I believe it's pronounced Krusey. Uh We'll be right back, everybody. Stay with us. This is the Rory Sauter Show. It's a beautiful night.
7: TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New Zealand entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of Endless Apps. Endless Apps, every night, 9 p.m. to close.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Rory Soder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, dot com charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else and all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website GetYourAppBuilt.com for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello everybody, this is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show.
8: you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision, or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial.
2: I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix.
1: Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution
8: when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea.
0: I can't tell you how
2: good
8: it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix.
1: And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. It's a beautiful night, everybody. Coming to you live from Phoenix, Arizona. I do want to welcome to the show... I believe we have Second Amendment expert and gun gun manufacturer, Russell Cruz. Is that how I pronounce it?
2: Yes, it's Russ Cruz. That's correct. Thank you so much, Rory.
1: Hey, Russ. Great to have you here, man. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Okay, so uh, I just uh, what happened was I started Gun Pro, uh, uh, which is the name of the company. I'm one of the founders. So and really we do not produce firearms, it's more firearm accessories. So I'm a product developer, an inventor, so I've invented things since I was a kid. So I have patents that run along the electrical line of items. But also I used to be in the military police where I carried a 1911 and then I did some competition where I used a 1911 back around 2000. And I was seeing some areas in the firearm and competition that I thought, you know what, uh, there's some improvements needed here. I keep seeing things I need improvements. So this was in different things I work with. Well, this was just one of them. So I brought it up to a friend of mine that these were things I see improvements that could be fixed. And they were mainly in the areas of sites and magazines because uh, 1911 had some uh, nosedive issues in competition, which if they did in competition, and you needed um, – uh, to survive uh, and you're in your concealed carry, you need to survive a situation, the last thing you need is a jam in your uh, firearm when you really need it. So out of that, we developed GunPro. I'm one of the founders, and uh, the website was gunpro.us. Um, and and out of that, we created quite a few patents along the line of sites and magazines. So anyway, um, that's that, and also I got... Um, uh, quite a few posts I do on LinkedIn. You were talking about getting kicked off. I'm surprised I'm not yet. Um, but I got quite a few posts. I post every day on LinkedIn, especially, uh, in the political realm. So I have quite a few followers on that and I post probably about 10, 15 times a day. Then every once in a while in my post, I'll throw in something about gun pro and, or I also do, uh, Trump dog tags for this year. Um, Uh, Their uh, dog tags that have Trump winning on them. So I throw those advertisements in there once in a while. So you've got everybody that's like-minded that's following me, which then uh, they're pro-Second Amendment usually, and they're uh, pro-Trump products. So I produce both the products uh, that we patent. And the reason we patent, what we do is we patent, we design, we manufacture, and then we produce and sell. And the reason we do that is further along the line you go in the patent process, the more value your product has in the patent, which eventually you you're hoping that you can license that out to a company and move on uh, to the new products. So that's a little bit about me. It's Russ Cruz again. That's K R U S E. And um, but anyway, I appreciate this opportunity to get on the show.
1: Well, I love I love what you're I love what you're doing. And, and, and so tell tell us about this, Russ. You know, obviously there's a lot of backlash. From the Democrats, there's a lot of hostility. There's a lot of a new world order agenda with you know trying to put that whole gun control crap in place and you know some some of their (laughs) legislation. How has that affected your business at all? Some of the things they're trying to do. Well, well, it
2: really hasn't. uh, Other than the fact to drive up uh, more sales. So every time uh, you get the left that tries to uh, to remove or to argue the point or to implement. Something like confiscation, all it does is empty the shelves. In fact, uh, that's the situation we got somewhat right now. So some of our products are actually on back order, uh, getting more manufacturing. But um, it does actually drive up sales for us. I mean, the the part of it, that's not something we want. But we actually want a civilized society where the left understands this is a needed product, you know. Period. That's in our in our country uh, and all over. It's just that um, it's a misinformation that they give. And uh, we unfortunately, I mean, we gain from that in sales. But at the same time, what good is a lot of sales if it can't keep up in production? We had the same thing in ammunition uh, years ago. You'd you'd go to look for ammunition, uh, which now the virus thing is done again, too. And the shelves are empty. You can't find the ammunition because all it does is the things on the left drive in more sales
1: and panic sales. I know absolutely, absolutely. So what, let me ask you this. What is the, you know, leadership like politically? I know you're in uh Missouri. Uh, I'm assuming not too far from St. Louis, but just in your surrounding areas what you have to deal with with some of these politicians, is it second amendment friendly or are they trying to go after your guns just like some of these other states?
2: Well, I think what you find is you you uh, you know how you always say you follow the money. And here, in anywhere in the United States, you follow the population numbers. So we have – I'm in a, a, a historic area of St. Charles, Missouri, which is just west of St. Louis, um, about 20 miles. Um, so we have a great sports state. I mean, we're – I mean, it, well, that's one thing that pulls this state together is sports. I mean, we got the Cardinals, and, and we've got football teams. We've got the hockey teams. We've got – and then we're bringing in uh, – U.S. soccer teams and everything. It's a great sports uh, state. So we bring in a lot. That brings us together. But if you follow, like you say, follow the money for certain politicians, Uh, if you follow the population, that's St. Louis and Kansas City, those two heavily populated areas, for some reason, when you get to the heavily populated areas, uh, it's heavily Democratic. So those areas, they just have so much crime and think, okay, uh, attack the Second Amendment and this will uh, solve our crime problem, which doesn't do that. I mean, they're going to get guns no matter what, but trying to get that in the heads of the politicians and um, uh, the left that's in these heavily populated areas is almost impossible. They think um, by eliminating guns ownership by legal individuals will solve the crime problem. And I'm telling you, um, the, the the things you see in St. Louis – the crime is in certain areas that brings all the headlines, and um, I mean, you'll never—it's it, surprising what you'll see. All of a sudden, you'll see one day uh, there's there's a bunch of people in a certain heavy populated area, and I'm not going to talk about race as the problem, but they're they're uh, taking ARs and just running around. One guy hanging out of a car shooting ARs in the air in an area of North St. Louis, and you're like, "What the heck are they doing?" And then they think. This is the way they don't understand. This is the way people see them. And anyway, so politics in this our whole state is heavily Republican. It's the it's the and, highly populated areas of St. Louis and Kansas City that leans to um, uh, the Democratic Party.
1: And you brought up a good point. I mean, criminals don't follow laws, and you know, the, you're never going to get the millions of illegal guns off the street. And when you when you have these shootings or any of these situations. Usually the gun was purchased illegally. Uh, there's not much you can do uh, with legislation, except when that happens, you leave the good guy defenseless. And it's just an unfortunate circumstance, you know? Oh,
2: correct. Um, you know, and, and it's a shame. And what's really a shame is there's a lot of good people out there that live in the inner city, and, you know, and unfortunately their voice isn't heard. Um, and some reason uh, they're just um, overcome with people that um, – are just uh, one-sided, and they you can't really change their mind unless you had a gentleman in before there. He was a, a nice black gentleman that he can actually talk uh, to those people, and they'll understand. They listen in some in some degree. Uh, some uh, they they're they're hammered back and forth, uh, even in their own race. You know they're basically a turncoat. You know if they agree with Trump or something. And so I, I'm not sure. I don't live in the inner city. I'm not around it all the time. So I can't hear and see the arguments. But um, uh, we, it's a sad situation there that I don't know how it's going to be overcome. It's just got a long history of um, uh, being that way. And I think it's just going to have to slowly change. And I think this is where Trump, um, uh, which I have to agree, he had, he's he's willing to come back and just argue a point and 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 say it like it is. And he brings a lot of the unity in the race uh, between white, black. And um, so some people are blind to that, but it's because they choose to be, or whether it's spiritually a block in that, that you've got evil, good against evil. And so um, I think we have that same thing in the greater uh, heavy populated areas here.
1: Absolutely, 100%. Well, Russell, I love talking to you, man. Um, I definitely want to get you back soon. Let's talk more Second Amendment. But tell everybody where they can get involved with your business, where they can connect with you, all that good stuff.
2: Okay, so uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn as long as I'm not kicked off yet, uh, which I'm surprised I'm not. So on LinkedIn, it's Russell Cruz. That's R-U-S-S-E-L-L, Cruz. um, And my uh, company is gunpro.us. Um, And so if you go to GunPro, there's an 800 number there, which if you get a hold of that, that usually directly connects to me on GunPro.us. And then also um, I have a website for these dog tags, which I'd love for people to start uh, using these. You can either use them, these dog tags, for um, the wearing or use them for keychains if you cut the chain back to the keychain size. And that is at TrumpWinning2020.us. Again, that's Trump winning twenty twenty dot US. And I'd love to uh turn this country red. It's time to put an understanding that the Democratic Party does not work. So I want to turn this country Absolutely. red.
1: Absolutely. Well, Russ, uh, thank you so much and we'll talk soon.
2: Okay, thank you. Talk to you here, bye bye.
1: Alrighty. Um, everybody, it's been quite the night with uh super with this Tuesday election cycle with sleepy and creepy Joe Biden and and uh, crazy Bernie. Um, obviously, it looks as as of now that Biden won Florida, Illinois, and Arizona tonight. Bernie's done. Bernie is done. Uh, let's go to U.S. congressional candidate in Arizona, Josh Barnett. Let's get. Obviously, you probably have some thoughts on tonight. I saw your post. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah,
4: uh, you know it was it was no surprise to me that that Biden won here. and
1: swept
4: swept the night. Um, and probably would have taken Ohio as well if they would have went through with their elections today. Um, it's, it's, it's to me uh, I can't imagine I would even use a paper pay per view to watch Trump debate Biden. It's going to be like free uh, like a free comedy show for us, um, you know, with with, uh, with those two on stage together. Uh, Biden, there's no way he can he can hang with Trump in a in a debate type of situation, especially with the strong economic numbers we had, even with the coronavirus. Uh, by the time that comes around, you know, we're going to have a bounce back like we've never seen before. And I truly believe that <clears throat> i even be put on Twitter tonight I had a poll that I put out. How many people here think that we'll be over the 29,000 mark again in the stock market by August and 90% of the people that responded said that they think that we'll be over the 29,000 mark again by August. So there's a lot of optimism out there still. Um, you know, the coronavirus is a huge thing. I kind of touched on it earlier. Uh, you know, in Arizona, there's there's zero deaths in Arizona, thank goodness. There's 20 cases currently. And now we have our mayor trying to shut down bars and restaurants, basically. Uh, I, I feel that Governor Ducey should immediately uh, repeal that and, and lay the law down on these Democrats trying to ruin our economy, not only in Phoenix but in Tucson. Uh, I think it's, you know, kind of – it's despicable to me that they – that she – Mayor Kate Gallego wants to, uh, you know, ruin small businesses in, in, in the city of Phoenix. And uh, there's no need for it. You know, the numbers don't line up or correlate with, with the action that she's taking. Uh, you know, there's, I think there's 115 deaths nationwide from what I checked last time uh, out of 330 million people, you know. And um, the three newest deaths that I just saw on Twitter uh, that are being reported, I saw on Candace Owens' page. There's a ninety six year old in Nassau County, a ninety two year old in Bergen County, and another death, a man in his eighties in Santa Clara County. And as I said before, this is this is attacking older the older population, people who have health issues, people who have respiratory issues. Um, I don't see anybody dying that's young and healthy or relatively healthy under you know, under sixty five years old. You know, it's just not happening. And, and one thing that really irks me is, is the fact that the Chinese propaganda, not just that, I expect that from China uh, with the Wuhan virus. But what really irks me is the fact that our left-wing media is, is putting this out there like it's, like it's, uh, like it's fact and truth, and uh, it, which should have surprised me. <laughs> After all these years you know, of them lying to us, it should have surprised me that they're doing this, but uh, it still does right. surprise me. It's so anti-American, I, I can't even wrap my mind around why like anyone would even listen to CNN or MSNBC or any of these ridiculous left-wing media, you know, mass media uh, moguls. Um, you know, the guy touched on Italy and issues in Italy with, uh, with, the, with the Wuhan virus. You know, the thing that people forget is there are thousands of Chinese manufacturing plants in northern Italy with an aging population. They didn't cut any flights off from Wuhan directly into northern Italy for a long time. Um, it's not a surprise to me that they're having major problems There right now, very unfortunate But, um, you know, Trump made the right decision By cutting those slides off immediately um, And, you know, as the gentleman earlier said You know, you see You see, I think with Illinois uh, In particular, the one that suck out I think they're the first ones to do it, as far as I know They're taking guns and ammo, or not allowing you To buy guns and ammo During the coronavirus, or the Wuhan virus Is absolutely ridiculous, that has what does taking guns and ammo or buying guns and ammo have to do with a virus? Exactly.
1: You know, it's,
4: no, you know it, 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 it's it is
1: just it's it's, just. it's, no, it's insane. I mean, we're living we're we're living just in crazy crazy times. Um, Josh, I do got to wrap up the show. Uh, I got about a minute left. Tell everybody where they can connect sure. with you, where they can find you, all that good stuff.
4: Yes, yeah, so you can connect with me at BarnettForAZ.com, dot at barnettforaz on Twitter and Instagram. And Josh Barnett for Congress on Facebook, and I do have some meet and greets. I have a really cool "Right to Bear Arms" photo photo shoot this Saturday, um, where we're going to bear arms and arms. So it's going to be a fun shoot. I got a lot of cool people coming out for me uh, to do it. So we're going to have some, some some guys with some actual guns, and also some probably some uh, AR-15s along with it. So it should be a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> We have I love a meet it. And coming up. We pushed we push back to meet and greets, so we're going to wait a few weeks before we start rolling those out again.
1: All righty, my friend. Well, looking forward to it, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.
4: Thank you, Rory. Thank you. Have a good
1: night. You too. Uh, everybody, it's been a fantastic show. I want to thank all of you. we got another big show planned Thursday. I will see you all then. Until then, I'm Rory Sodder, mega, mega, mega. God bless, everybody. Much love. Cheers.